Welcome back to another week of Popping Perfectionism. We're so glad that you all are here. Also, we watch our stats every week and Uh it's amazing to see just who is listening and some people are starting to like review and rate and leave comments. So please do that if you like it and share it with your friends because... It makes us so happy <laughs> and and it helps us know that like w- what we're saying and doing is is somewhat helping. Yeah. We just need validation. Dang yeah, it. Yeah. Gosh. We're asking for our needs. <laughs> we're anyway, being vulnerable with you. We love you. Thank you for listening and thanks for listening to another episode. Um, today we're going to talk about the adversary and perfectionism and the role that he plays in shame culture mm-hmm. and in destroying Zion. Um, And I want to call back to something we talked about in our second episode in this series. Um, And it was a poem. If you remember, you guys probably don't. But there was just a poem about um, the difference between being a builder and a wrecker. And to build something takes time, attention, work, a lot of dedication to that thing. But being a wrecker is so easy. Like remember being Mm -hmm. kids and like building towers and then like an annoying sibling or friend just comes and knocks it over in five seconds. So the adversary likes to be a wrecker, likes to go and tear down Zion, what we're all trying to build, a place of connection and love and hope. There is a podcast I love, also a YouTube channel called, um, oh my gosh. Real Talk? Yes, thank you. Sorry. Real Talk. And it's really nice. They're really short episodes. They talk about Come Follow Me every week and just give really good golden nuggets. And one thing that was shared on Real Talk was the Greek, like, root word for devil. Well, so the Greek word for devil is diabolos or something. I don't speak Greek, so. I think you nailed it. I'm sorry if I, okay, thank you. Yeah, I got you. It sounded (laughs) cool. Anyway, the Greek word for devil means slanderer, false accuser, and someone who criticizes to hurt and condemn. So Satan is just trying to criticize her and tear people apart. Oh, the other thing is that their goal is to sever relationships. That's the goal of the devil, to sever any relationship possible, specifically our connection to God. Mm -hmm. And God's goal is to connect. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Satan, opposite of connectionism, trying to sever relationships, God is trying to build them. So you can see how he is a wrecker in Zion and in Mm -hmm. the kingdom Mm -hmm. because he's trying to just cut these things off all the time. And I think I think we make it pretty easy for him sometimes to do these things. So we want to focus a lot on connectionism today and how we can do that and how Satan uses perfectionism to sever these relationships. Mm hmm. Yeah, it is a tool that I think he uses more than most of us realize. And hopefully Alicia and I can kind of paint that for you today. You can understand how many ways he uses perfectionism to do that. Um, Dr. Julie Hanks is a mental health expert and also a member of the church. And she she defines sin as something that creates separation in relationships between you and yourself, you and other people and you and God. Um, And often when we talk about Satan, right, obviously we talk about temptation and sin. And when we're tempted to do something that's wrong, that thing is sin. And Satan is like the father of all sins and lies and everything. Um, And by Dr. Hanks's definition, which I wholeheartedly agree with, Mm -hmm. Satan is the father of separation and isolation. 
That's what totally. he's all about. And I really love in the scriptures where God's creating the planets, right? And he's creating all of these things. And you'd think if God was creating things, God who is perfect and does everything perfectly, that he would create a world that is perfect. Obviously, if he had done that, mortality would be useless because mm-hmm. we need an imperfect world to have imperfect trials to yeah. experience what we're experiencing. But I love that even in the midst of that, when God created everything at the end of all of it his his one sentence response to his work was it is good not it is perfect and i think often we think that god's goal for our experience here in mortality is perfection which it is eventually yeah. But it's not in this life. If if God's goal in this life was for us to be perfect, he would have gone with Satan's plan because that's what Satan's plan was, mm-hmm. was for us to be perfect, right? But yeah. he didn't. And he didn't say, okay, the world and everything I've created, including his children, is perfect. He said, it is good. And I think that when we take the focus off of being perfect, there's this really nice quote I love that says, now that you've stopped trying to be perfect, you can be good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I think that's a big differentiation between God's approach to us and this experience and Satan's. Right, and going back to the creation of the world and all that, like, we all chose to be here. Mm -hmm. Like, we chose to go through life, which is messy and not perfect at all, and that's why we have a Savior. And God didn't, like, create all of these things to be bad and hard and difficult and heartbreaking. It's just, it just is as mortality and that's why he gave us his perfect son to save us from all these things right yes yeah yeah um oh shoot i I had another thought it'll come back to me it'll come back to me later but i love the idea that when we give up the idea that we need to be perfect then we can be good Mm -hmm. from that point moving on Mm -hmm. and once something is messed up one time it's not perfect anymore right yeah so then it's like okay we're over. It's game over. I'm done for, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. If it's not 100%, then it's 0%. That's how perfectionism works. You can't be like mostly good or doing great. Yeah. It's either an A plus or an F. Right. No in between. No in between. And we're grateful for in-betweens because that's all life, right? Mm -hmm. Perfectionism says that flaw and sin means you are not worthy of attention and love. So, Right. Perfectionism is, you know, this idea that Satan is emphasizing in our minds that if you mess up, you're not worthy of these things. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want you to think in your mind when you make a mistake and it's not if it's when, how would Satan want you to feel versus how would God want you to feel and which voice are you listening to? And remembering that Satan is is the dude over separating and isolating. God's the one over connecting. Yeah. Like what? would both of those approaches look like and how would they be different and how is your mindset aligning or not aligning with those? Right. And I think, you know, God is the most like patient and loving being ever, ever, Mm -hmm. ever. And we use, I don't know. I think the analogy is used a lot of a little kid when they fall over and Satan would be like, Oh, you idiot. Like you you don't know how to walk. (laughs) It was your first time walking and you didn't like, you're so dumb. You should never try to walk again. You should just lay there totally and be dumb. And, but God is just like, Hey, nice job. You, you like fell, jump back up, you know, keep walking, keep trying, keep whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's a scripture I want to go to in ether 12 verse 27. And it's something we've all heard it's classic so many times it's classic i love it yeah um 
this is the scripture I think that I um what was it's like you know when you go on a mission you have a plaque and it has a scripture on it yeah so I what I was gonna choose this scripture this was my backup scripture in the lineup okay second Woof. string what was first string um with God nothing is impossible all right that's pretty good I know right it's <laughs> when Mary's like I don't know if I can do this and then and then yeah and then that like, one liner hey, just fixes yeah I know it. I love yeah. it big fan um we should pick that one liner more you know you know when you're like a teenager and someone's like hey can you give this spiritual thought today and everyone is like yeah and they go up and pick the and he dwelt in a tent scripture like just to be funny because it's super short well that one's really short too with god nothing is impossible but we don't choose that one we choose the tent one choose the freaking tent one i know so y'all should choose that one anyway tangent (laughs) so ether 12 27 i love the scripture it says and if men come unto me i will show unto them their weakness I give unto men weakness that they may be humble, and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. I love that scripture, right? But Mm -hmm. I think we overlook the first sentence all the time. And this is what it says. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. So we overlook that first sentence so often but i think it's so powerful and if men come unto me i will show unto them their weakness i really like if then statements in Mm -hmm. scripture Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes Mm -hmm. when we recognize our weaknesses it's just like oh crap like i'm such a bad person i'm messing up on this you just get really really down on yourself because you never feel good yeah which is what perfectionism would want you to do right when you recognize something bad you just ruminate on it you get down on yourself these high expectations the self-criticism the endless cycle then that severing the connection with God. I'm not good enough. I'm not whatever. He might not love me. You know, however Mm -hmm. extreme Mm -hmm. your spiral is, we've all been there. (laughs) Um, But this is saying you recognize a weakness, like congratulations, you're coming closer to Christ. That's what it's all about. And when you recognize a weakness, it's a sign that you are coming closer to him. Not farther. Not farther. Not farther away. You are drawing even closer. But Satan wants you to think that you're failing. Yeah. 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 First sentence, big difference, changed the whole scripture for me and how I look at my weaknesses. I love that because I mean, and you, we've talked about this before. And I remember you've, you've said this before where you say, if you're becoming more aware of your weaknesses, that means you're coming closer to Christ, not farther away from him. Cause the closer you get to Christ, the more aware you're going to become of those. Yeah, totally. And this is a process faith, a progress yes. faith. It's about not an event faith. Yeah. It's not yeah. an event of you know, like baptism and priesthood and mission and marriage and children, while that is part of life and part of these things that help us become, but the whole point is to become. And continually become. Right. Yes. And the first step to that is recognizing the need for change. Yeah. And Satan wants you to think that that change is bad or that you shouldn't, that you're, you know, a failure, that you can't change. That's just who you are. Yes. It's very finalistic. Yeah. Yeah. And he also really likes to use like all or nothing thinking Mm -hmm. to draw us further from God. And as we know, all or nothing thinking is perfectionist thinking Mm -hmm. because like we just said, it can't be in the middle. It's either fail or succeed. You can't somewhat succeed or somewhat fail. Um, And I, I had a friend, we had a very deep conversation about this and we were talking about how defeating this kind of mindset can be. Um, and he opened up to me about a lot of personal struggles he had. He has one of those being an addiction to pornography. And he told me that some days he would, he would not say his prayer in the morning, his prayers in the morning. And then later that night, 
when, when he was, you know, feeling the urges to watch pornography, he would literally think, well, you know, I didn't say my prayers this morning. So why does it matter if I watch porn right now or not? Mm -hmm. Which is so all or nothing thinking you, you like, because he didn't start his day perfectly, he then thought, well, the rest of my day shot. Like, yeah, what's, the point? Crap. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? Because I started off bad. So, like, why would I even put an effort to to try to be better? Because the whole day is wasted. Wasted yeah. now. Which is exactly, exactly how Satan wants us to think about ourselves mm-hmm. and our actions. We make one bad action. We are then that bad action forever. Right. Or that day or whatever. Or that it might day be. or long term. When, mm-hmm. when Christ, at any moment, the second you make a mistake... The second you make a mistake, he's there saying, it's okay. This isn't you. Like, this doesn't have to be you forever. You can turn around right now. Like, I already suffered this for you. I Mm -hmm. already paid this for you. I already felt everything that needed to be felt for this to be reprimanded for you. You just got to make the turn. Yeah. It's just about, I love the analogy of the ship and it's just the direction that we're facing, not Mm -hmm. the speed at which we're moving. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just where are you facing? And I think... I mean, that example with pornography is super profound and I think it applies. I think all of us can relate to that, right? Like setting a goal. Mm -hmm. We've, we've all been there with like health and fitness goals. (laughs) I'm going to start eating healthy tomorrow (laughs) and then you don't. And it's like, I'll just start next week, you know, or what, well, you know, like whatever it might be because you can't do it like right then. And I think, so we're just like, oh, well we can't do it right now. We might as well just wait forever because we're just there's no point right now. You know, yeah. there's no point for the rest of this day or this rest week, like this week, I've already messed it up, you know? And I think also sometimes we think, oh, like I need to make up for this on my own. Mm-hmm. I messed up today until I can make another good choice. And I, I have to quote unquote, like suffer for it on right. my own before I can, like, I deserve to make a, a good choice. Yeah, totally. I um, had a meeting today with a coworker and he was talking about in the morning, He has three things that are non-negotiable, three things that he will do every single morning. And in his mind, they're not even up for debate. You are doing those things. And it's like exercise and pray and, you know, read something. I don't know if it's like reading scripture or reading just informative, whatever, Mm -hmm. just reading. I think getting your mind working. And I think that's so cool because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) All over the place. And he calls it winning the morning. Like you win the morning. I like won that. And then you just start off on a good note. And you know, I, could I do that every day? Maybe, you maybe could, not. Could. In my mind, I Would, guess if it's non-negotiable, you? but yeah. you just get to choose. But I liked that idea of it being non-negotiable. Like you just, you just do it. And then it, you know, the rest of your day, like you just started stronger. I that, love that. that just came to my mind with your friend. But even if you didn't have a strong morning, you can still choose to have a better afternoon. And there's a good, there's a good quote by Elder Holland saying like, don't let a misfortune earlier in the day distract you from God's blessing later in the day that he's trying Ooh, to give you. I love that. Yeah. I think with Christ, the dawn, right? Like mm-hmm. the dawning of, yeah, of whatever sun, is, yeah. is, it could happen every second of the day. I know. I love and that. And we think we have to wait, right? Emotionally yes. or spiritually, we have to wait for the dawn and we've messed something. The dawn is at any moment. It could happen. We just have to oh let it. Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorite parts about the gospel and about the message of jesus christ like Mm -hmm. every second is a new second a new minute a new day a new Mm -hmm. week like a new life i love that and satan just i think blinds us from opportunity and from remembering and the joy of repentance right the opportunity that gift yeah yeah and on the flip side 
um, of, of perfectionism, right? It's this all or nothing thinking, but then on the flip side of it. So we've talked quite a bit. I don't even know if we've talked quite a bit, but I think we've insinuated quite a bit. Um, when you people please, which is a big part of perfectionism, right? It, mm-hmm. I, there's a quote by some psychologist somewhere and I think we've quoted <laughs> it in this podcast, but I love it. And it's, it's that people pleasing is actually just trying to control how other people see you. Yeah. I think, is it the millennial psychologist on Probably. Instagram or something? The millennial therapist. Or therapist. Millennial psychologist. Yeah. yeah. The millennial Whatever. therapist. A, something like that. Yeah. Cause we all millennials and we all need therapy. Yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I think it was her page, but so, so basically perfectionism you're trying to look a certain way to other people and um as i've thought about this quite a bit i realized that we often do this with god which probably sounds crazy because it's like you can't control how god sees you obviously (laughs) but we think we can try (laughs) um if you guys remember in the good old garden of eden after adam and eve partook of the fruit which they weren't supposed to do right God comes and Adam and Eve freaking hide. Like, yeah, well, Satan told them, you better hide. Oh, wait, Satan. Like, oh, no, cover you're right. Yourselves. Thank you. Hide. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, Satan says, cover yourselves, hide. And they go and they hide and they cover themselves up. And God comes in. He's like, what the frick are you guys doing? Like, obviously, like, I just saw. <laughs> that was a word for word quote. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> he's like, I, I just, I just saw what you guys did. Like, this is not a news to me i was here the whole time mm-hmm. but they still were trying to put in an effort he's of like why are you hiding and they're like we're naked he's like who told you that yes thank yeah. you you're bringing in a lot of points here yeah, that i forgot <laughs> yes thank you and it was satan that yeah, told them who that. tricked her yeah that's what she's like it was, well, it was satan the that, that told tricked them. me yeah yeah and so i think we do this so much in our lives where we do something wrong we make a mistake and we're trying to control how he sees us, which is fruitless because we can't hide from him just how and Adam and Eve couldn't hide from him. Right. And you're trying to do that because Satan is telling you, you messed up. Like, you better hide. You gotta hide. Yeah. Hide yourself. Like, you he's coming. And guess what we hide behind? We hide behind going on a mission. We hide behind going to church. Oh, we hide yes. behind doing our ministering. We hide behind all of these checklists. Or just the smile. Or, or the, the smile. Fake. Or the kindness. posting scriptures yeah. on social media, which is great. Yeah. Of course. but all, And all these things are great. But it always comes back to the intention are you doing it to make yourself look like a person who's doing all the right things or are you yeah. doing it because you actually not only love god but accept and embrace the fact that he loves you even while you are flawed because by he, yeah by, he sees you yeah he sees you exactly as you are because by doing all of these right steps we think that we can escape the reality that we're flawed and that not only others know it but that god knows it mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense but i think we do it a lot um and it reminds me like when up in heaven right when the two plans were presented between christ and satan and satan's was for the glory of himself christ's was for glory of god of heavenly father um we often sometimes do these right steps Mm -hmm. to get the glory for ourselves we're doing everything right like satan's plan was was basically everything being done right Right. Mm -hmm. It was everyone would have been perfect, but the glory was about Satan. And when we do all of the right things for the wrong reasons, the glory is for ourselves, for us to look a certain way. Totally. And I think, too, sometimes when I think about when we you know, when we talk about pre-earth life, like none of us knew what that's like. But I think also it wasn't God being like, okay, everyone, um, thank you for coming to our meeting today. Would you all take a seat? We're going to hear from. Um, Jehovah first <laughs> and then Lucifer is going to present his ideas okay so um, yeah. Christ will you please take the, take the stage you know and then 
he presents his plan and steps down and, and Heavenly Father's like, okay, hands for Christ. Anyone? Okay. Let's see what Lucifer's got. Present your plan, you know? Like, God, this was God's plan, was Christ, our Savior. And for all of us to be happy, for all of us to choose, for all of us to become our best selves. And Christ, or Satan's plan was a rebellious response to God's plan, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and with Satan's plan... If for some, by some miracle, not miracle, anti-miracle, God like chose Satan's plan for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. we would not be able to experience vulnerability in Satan's plan. Yeah. And think of how many amazing, beautiful things we get to experience when we're vulnerable. And remember, vulnerability and perfectionism don't exist. They can't exist at the same time. Right. And so I think it is really beautiful that God's plan naturally implements this, this chaotic fallen world and then this beautiful element of vulnerability that comes with that that we can utilize to connect with people and with ourselves and with god Mm -hmm. and it requires you know a lot of faith and trusting god and trusting christ so trusting in god Mm -hmm. and believing in perfectionism or the idea that you don't really need god right like you should be perfect on your own you should be able to do all this on your own those two cannot exist right so you have to choose, right? Putting total faith in our Savior, r- the recognizing the need for Christ. Mm-hmm. I cannot do this on my own. I am not perfect. I'm trying to become. Or putting faith in perfectionism. I can and should be able to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've accomplished a lot of things in my life, but I don't Alicia's think... Alicia's been pretty dope. I can't become much by myself. I couldn't be where I, where I am right now by myself, you know? And, and we can't truly change without Christ. Right. Like we really can't. And so I, lo- I love that, that you can't trust Christ and perfectionism at the same time. Like you just right. can't. Yeah. And you can't have faith in his atoning sacrifice or, mm-hmm. or believe that it works for you. Like yeah. believe that it's real for you yeah. and believe in perfectionism at the same time. And, you know, within this very statement, we're being finalistic because we are perfectionists. Ah, yes. We're being like, you cannot choose one or the other. And I think... <laughs> It's just this balancing act of recognizing that, you know, maybe I'm trying to do this on my own too much. Yeah. And I need allowing, maybe just allowing your perfectionist tendencies to humble you and then turn you back to Christ, right? Yeah, just being aware of it yeah. really is like the biggest thing. Because I think, again, this mindset, we, we've said it multiple times, perfectionism is the default, Mm-hmm. doing it on our own is the default we have to actively push against that and work against that to allow the atonement to work for us yeah totally so just just think about that and are you putting your faith in thinking you yourself can avoid blame pain judgment shame those things that Brene brown has talked about mm-hmm. those four things by being or portraying perfection to everyone else can you avoid all those things okay or are you putting your faith in god who loves you well knowing whole every imperfect and good part of you knowing all of that Mm -hmm. so just think about that and maybe what one do you put your faith in a little bit more yourself Mm -hmm. or your god and and remembering again that that putting your faith in perfectionism and putting your faith into these efforts that you think can make you avoid blame pain or judgment is just like again adam and eve trying to hide in the garden Mm -hmm. god knows everything about you he sees you oh that's such a scary with thought. all of your mess I know. all of your mess he sees it and he still chooses to love you 
And right. that is a, like you said, that's scary. That's terrifying to accept that. Mm-hmm. But you either got to accept that or you have to wrongly believe that you can and should do it on your own, which just isn't, you just, you can't. Right. 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 Um, so Brene Brown, like who we, ju- who we just quoted, we love her. She says, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. And we tend wow. to transfer that mindset to divine connection. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about the difference between shame and guilt. Which I think is something that people talk about often enough for it to be something people talk about. Um, but I think we can tease it out a, li- a little bit more even mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, so shame, w- when you're feeling shame, you are completely focused on yourself and your character and you're making judgments on yourself. Guilt is a focus on behavior. Shame causes worthlessness, a lack of self-esteem, judgment calls, guilt causes tension Mm -hmm. and what we mean by tension is it it allows you to become aware that your actions might not have lined up with your morals it's that dissonance right where you're like ah i did not that didn't feel right yeah feel right yeah i didn't act in a way that aligns with what i how i believe i should act so there's this Mm -hmm. tension there and i think it's more of like oh i don't like that i did that and i feel wrong about that yeah like i am bad i am wrong yes i am terrible all these things it's like i don't like how that thing made me feel and i feel this right that and tension you, dissonance yeah and you can separate your behavior from who you are as a person mm-hmm. and realize that we all do things that we're not proud of and we don't like and that doesn't make you less of a person um shame causes a desire to escape or become defensive while guilt causes a desire to confess apologize or repair mm-hmm. guilt is productive Shame is not. Shame is destructive. Right. Shame is so destructive. And I think it's so important to use that guilt as a productive feeling instead of evolving it into shame. Yes. And I can't even remember where I heard this, but you know how one of the names for God is like, I am the -hmm. great I am. Mm -hmm. So they said when we say I am statements, like I am dumb or I am so weird, or I am not kind, or I am not righteous, I am not whatever. We're like taking God's name and turning Mm. it on us. Like we are a definitive thing. And it's like mocking God. Whoa. Talk about taking his name in vain. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. I haven't thought about that. Like when you use an I am and something negative, like not good. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that has like I don't even know if it's true. I don't know if it's just like mental gymnastics to make something seem cool, but it resonated with me because we shouldn't be using those I am statements because they're not, they're not productive. Just like you said, and guilt can be productive. Yeah. And really at the end of the day, we don't get to make the call on what we are. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of God being our judge. We don't get to say that we're a horrible person or that we're dumb or stupid or weird. God gets to make that call. So it it's wrong for us to even try to say those things to ourselves. Right. Yeah. So going back to what we said earlier too, just about, you know, when you mess up, do you listen to the guilt or, you know, that emotion of, okay, that doesn't feel right. I need to change. This is an opportunity to change. Or do you tend to feel shame? And Satan is the one wanting you to feel shame because something Brene also talks about 
is belonging. She talks about belonging mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And shame is this huge wedge in between you know belonging with other people feeling like you belong feeling like you're worthy of belonging worthy of belonging totally because i mean you really should view guilt as an opportunity Mm -hmm. rather than as condemning evidence of your unworthiness right right and i think a moment too that this just made me think of um maybe if you're spiraling into shame or if you're not sure if the guilt you're feeling is productive or you want it to be productive talk to someone that you know, loves and cares about you and is in your corner. We talked about this in our first series, but they will remind you, you know, like who you are and that Mm -hmm. you're not that thing. Or they could say, oh yeah, that maybe was not a great choice, but that doesn't make you who you are. You can do this and this moving forward. And they can just help you kind of get a, a different perspective on the situation. Yeah. And maybe be the voice of someone loving or be the voice of how God would be or try to be oh totally and be that person for someone else okay so um we're gonna go to another scripture it's in first nephi chapter 15 and um there's a lot of things in this chapter but we're gonna go to where nephi is kind of interpreting um lehi's vision of the tree of life and in verse let's see let me get to it i think it's 25 wait hold on Okay. Okay. So it's 23 and 24. So it's kind of like a little bit of a question answer. What it was the dream about? The tree of life. Okay. What was the rod about? And this is, this is Nephi's response in to what, what was the iron rod? And he said, I said unto them that it was the word of God and whoso would hearken unto the word of God and would hold fast to it. They would never perish. Neither could the temptations and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness to lead them away to destruction also from this real talk um podcast call it shout out to real talk we're like taking so many things from them but um the fiery darts they they studied you know the roots of these words what does it mean and it's not like actual fire or even like a, a dart it's poison that is like spat into your eyes and this poison skews how you view things. Mm. And the scripture said that the fiery darts of the adversary will blind you, will blind you to the rod, to the tree of life and to the word of God, right? The Mm -hmm. thing that helps guide us a little bit. And so Satan is trying to skew how, how we view ourselves. It distorts your vision. Um, You know, how you view, like I just said yourself, how you view God, Mm -hmm. how you view other people and I think we just need to, you know, maybe think about that. How does he distort your vision? Yeah. And how does he use perfectionism, perfectionism to do that? Totally. Because you read my he mind. totally does. Oh, wow. It's like we should do a podcast together. Oh, genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's so important. I love that it's not because every time I've read that scripture, I've always thought fiery is like fire, a dog yeah. on fire. And I'm like, that's kind of a, a weirdly specific <laughs> weapon for him to use. <laughs> like it's like. Not Satan, <laughs> choose your weapon of choice. He's like this dart, but first, <laughs> light it let off. me light it on fire. <laughs> like I was just like, all right, Satan, you do you, boo, like whatever. Um, so I really like that they clarified that like the fiery part of it is that poison that is poisoning your vision. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> again, like we, and I know we keep hammering this because, but it's because it's so important. The, the vision that's getting distorted is that we view ourselves as less than mm-hmm. because of these sins, which is, oh, it's so, Satan is so good at what he does he he gets you to make a bad decision 
And then when you make the bad decision, he goes, you idiot. I know. What have you, what have you done? You stupid kid. And you're like, but I, but you, you told me. And it's so like, it's not only That's does so he funny. get you to make, like make these choices that make you unhappy. He then is like kicking you while you're down <laughs> for the thing that he got totally. you on the ground for. Right. Like, and then he just like kicks you for it. So yeah, totally. Yeah. He's tricky. He's tricky. That Satan. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was just an interesting thing to point out I like how that. it distorts, you know, view yourself how you view god maybe not as loving or accepting Mm -hmm. or maybe as like super judgmental Mm -hmm. you know yeah um anyway there's other great talks and things about um the adversary and if you all remember the every day every day every day talk my new favorite human on this planet elder johnson yeah we're gonna talk about it so take it away anna he's so dope yeah so if you don't remember what we're talking about you will in a second but he talks about it's overcoming the adversary yeah it's called overcoming the adversary Yeah. yeah so he talks about how satan uses three things or tactics to get us to sin or become unhappy. And those three things are deception, distraction, and discouragement. And as we were reading this talk, we were like, holy shiz, perfectionism does all three of those very well. Um, So the first one, deception. Again, I know we keep hammering this, but Mm -hmm. a way perfectionism deceives us is by making us think that our character or our worth is tied to our actions. And it's just not. It's Mm -hmm. just because, again, that would completely disregard christ the atonement the whole reason we're here and this whole mindset of not only have i sinned and now i'm a bad person i need to rectify it on my own Mm -hmm. total deceive deceivement deception Deception, yeah yeah and i think he yeah he deceives us with so many things um you know helping us think that wicked things will make you happy yeah or or that you don't need a savior yeah or that you don't need help or you should be able to do all of this on your own or that choosing a life of, I don't know, like basically just choosing opposite of God's plan. Anything Mm -hmm. to do that, Mm -hmm. he will deceive you into thinking that will make you happy. And I think there's a difference between like short-term happiness, like in the moment and long-term happiness. Well, Satan's in for the long con, right? Like the long-term, like he does, he does not want you to be happy and he'll, maybe take things that make you happy in the moment, that short-term happiness, mm-hmm. but that long-term happiness will not be there. It's always very empty, but he'll deceive you into thinking that it's fulfilling. Yeah. And I love when Christ calls himself, you know, the living water, like you'll never thirst mm-hmm. from the water of Christ, but mm-hmm. Satan's not giving you water. He's giving you freaking vinegar, He's water, you or whatever. fiery poison, fiery poison <laughs> in your eyes. Yeah. Um, and I think, so with that, you just talked about how he, he kind of brings these these temporary moments of happiness to like to to dissuade us. Mm-hmm. The second thing is distraction. And so I think I in addition to these little moments of distraction, he also goes, "Oh, oh, look over here, look over here. If you go on a mission and you focus on going on a mission just for the sake of going on a mission, you're going to be good. If you go to church on Sunday just for the sake of going to church on Sunday, you you're going to look like a good person who goes to church on Sunday." Like, and he gets us to focus on these checklists mm-hmm. and these outward-facing benchmarks for the sake of completing these checklists and these outward facing benchmarks rather than God who wants us to focus on the why behind them, right? Why do you go to church? Mm-hmm. Why do you go on a mission? Why do you get married and, and stay worthy of the priesthood and, and all of these things when, when Satan wants to kind of distract us by putting the horse in front of the cart, 
mm-hmm. cart in front of the horse? Cart in front How of the horse. How do wagons work? That should work where the horse is pulling the cart, but he drives in the cart. You know, it's been a while since the 1900s. Yeah. Oops. We were not pioneers. But yeah. We putting the cart in front of the horse and kind of wanting it to do it backwards. I mm-hmm. think that is a distracting way that he does and it. And something I'll always bring up again is he distracts you from the whole purpose of life, which is to become. It's not to make a certain amount of money. It's not to have these clothes. It's not to like, it's not a marital status. It's not any of these things. It's to become the mm-hmm. best very best version of you that's the whole point mm-hmm. and i think sometimes he distracts us from that purpose yeah and i think i i want to put a disclaimer if you're going like on a mission just for the sake of going on a mission obviously still go on a mission like <laughs> like don't pray like, about stop it stop doing yeah. the yeah pray about yeah. it i mean not just with mission but like with church yeah, or yeah. tithing or whatever it is like obviously like do these things but just be a little more aware of why you're doing them. Yeah, totally. And I think, too, that, you know, perfectionism is just a tool that maybe Satan just sits back and, like, laughs at because we kind of self-destruct on our own. I think mm-hmm. we've created that culture of, like, the outward appearance and we might do those things that you just mentioned to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think Satan just sits back and, like, laughs at that and he's like, ha, ha, ha. They are doing my wrecking job, like, for me, you know? And using the church to do it. And using the church to do it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. So true. Discouragement. We've ta- I think we've all felt discouraged before. We've all felt down, but it'll beat us down when we don't reach those unrealistic standards because, you know, unrealistic. And if you consistently and constantly expect perfection, you will quickly become discouraged. So quickly. Very, very quickly mm-hmm. because it's not you know, possible. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's just not possible. And like Mm -hmm. that discouragement, we've talked about the two dimensions of perfectionism. When you don't reach those unrealistic expectations, you then fall into the pit of self-criticism and that's where Satan loves to get you Mm -hmm. because you're broken down. Right. Yeah. That's part of his like wrecking is wrecking our self image. Mm -hmm. And when we're discouraged, we're a lot weaker. We're a lot easier to, to come at. So totally, totally. And the gospel is just such a message of hope right? Yes. That's the whole renewal, trying yeah. again, second chances, fourth chances, yes. 50 renewal, million chances. Trying again, new days, new moments. Um, so what's his name? Elder Johnson. Elder I Johnson. Brain dead. Yeah. Sorry, Elder Johnson. So he gives us, um, some tools to combat this. And the first one is to pray every day, every day, every, every day. day. I love when he said it, he said it just so slowly and everyone's like, you know, in public speaking, the art of just repeating something uh-huh. a few times, people just listen like it They're sticks. On the edge of their seats. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I loved that he really gave that its own moment. It was great. Totally. And I will say too, really quick, like these three things are all things that will strengthen our connection with God. And that's the important part. That's, that's what we're talking about. Connectionism, connecting with God. Satan's trying to sever that, right? So how do we connect more with God? First, pray. Every day, every, every day, day, every, every day. day, that communication with God. Number two, study the scriptures every, every day, day, every day, <laughs> every day. I love that. And then partake of the sacrament every week. Oh, so every week, <laughs> every week. I know if you, I mean, we that, don't take the sacrament every day, every day, every day. Lot, but yeah. <laughs> so I just love that. I, I mean, there's so many ways to strengthen our relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And that should be the focus of those things. Do these things that that strengthen that. And maybe 
I don't know. I think maybe it's not the generic things you need to do. Maybe it's like you need to write in your journal more or you need to go walk outside every day maybe to connect with yeah. God yeah. or whatever. But I think if you're not sure what those things are, just do the first one, which is pray because he'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, That's first step. An yeah, amazing just first ask step. Him, yeah. Like, what do I need to do to come closer to you? Yeah. Um, and we really just liked his, how he ended his talk. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read it quickly. He says, my friends, I promise that as we strive to love God with all our heart, pray in the name of Jesus Christ, study the book of Mormon and prayerfully partake of the sacrament. We will have the ability with the strength of the Lord to overcome the deceptive practices of the adversary, to minimize distractions that limit our divine potential and to resist the discouragement that diminishes our capacity to feel the love of our heavenly father and his son. I love that, that he said that that discouragement diminishes our capacity to feel the love of mm-hmm. our heavenly father because again that's what perfectionism does mm-hmm. it diminishes mm-hmm. the capacity for us to feel loved by god um we will come to fully understand who we are as sons and daughters of god so we just that. loved how he ended that thought it was just yeah. great i love i love that testimony um i'm not sure if we mentioned this before but one scripture that we just love is in john chapter 8 verses like I think it's three through 12, the story of, you know, the woman who had committed adultery and then it was like by the temple. And then all these guys are like, Oh, we should throw rocks at her. And then Jesus is like, no (laughs) classic guys, classic guys, (laughs) Um, which I listen, I understand it was back in the times, but why, where's the dude? Yeah. Were they, why were they like, no, let's just stone the woman. Like, so sad. I'm glad the world is, progressively changed yeah um anyway but christ isn't christ doesn't um like discourage her or make or throw a rock or anything but he just says go and sin no more that's it Mm. and i love that because it's just that one sentence that one moment just pivots like go and sin no more and why can't we treat ourselves that way right yeah oh shoot i committed adultery go and sin no more you know (laughs) like that's literally what it was or like oh I just thought bad about that person or I judged that person or I got really bad road rage or I messed up with my boyfriend or I whatever we tend to ruminate Mm -hmm. and instead the savior wants us to just lift our heads up and go and sin no more and have faith Mm-hmm. And something I, ju- I just realized as you were re- like talking about that is after when, when they're going to throw the stones, Christ says, he who has he without sin cast the, the first stone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so often we take that story and we think, oh, we shouldn't judge others. We shouldn't, you know, talk bad about others, gossip about others. But guess what? We make judgment calls on ourselves <laughs> and we are not without sin. So not only should we not be casting these verbal accusations, judgmental statements and things on other people we're not qualified to throw them at ourselves either yeah totally wasn't there a talk in the recent general conference that said to be stone catchers and not stone yes. casters yes who said that? i don't remember who said that but it was it was a i tried one. to find it but i couldn't i don't know i didn't try hard enough <laughs> honestly but yeah to catch stones that are thrown at others and at yourself and, at yourself. and yeah. instead of casting them i love that and then the verse after he tells her that he said, then spake Jesus unto them, the people that were going to had rocks in their hands, ready the, to the launch. <laughs> yeah. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall walk. Wow. 
shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And I love that. Let Jesus Mm -hmm. be your light. And Satan will try to pull us into darkness and we should try and pull ourselves and other people out of darkness with with the savior. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of pushing them into darkness as a culture (laughs) sometimes get in there or pushing yourself into darkness. Right. So let, let Christ pick you up and let's pick up each other too. Oh, so beautifully put. Wow. Love that. You all know what time it is. Takeaways. Yes, I Alicia. Just, oh my gosh. That's what Anna wow, does sorry, every that time. That was probably so loud, but I have never been prouder of another human Thank in my you. life. I, well, I was like, that oh was shoot. Because I was the one that just barely finished talking and I'm like, oh no. How do, how does one, or, how do we transition? Yeah, like, uh, I just didn't know what to do. Anna always does that. that I hope I did it justice. Guys, you just witnessed something incredible. <laughs> that was amazing. All <laughs> oh right. Okay. Takeaways. Here we go. All right, number one, Satan wants to sever, separate, and isolate. God wants to connect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number two, be aware of how Satan wants you to feel when you sin versus how God wants you to feel when you sin. Number three, a part of perfectionism is trying to control how God sees you. Number four, shame is destructive, guilt is productive. And number five, strengthen your connection with God every day, every day, every day. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to see more content and more of our thoughts, we have an Instagram page and a website. Yeah. But our Instagram page is more, more popping. Um, oh my gosh. I cannot. <laughs> but the Instagram is just at popping perfectionism. Give us a follow. We post uh, reminders of our podcast episodes and also some, some content from the episodes that we go a little bit deeper on. Mm-hmm. So be yep. sure to check us out there. And then rate and review, please. Please. Subscribe. Ooh. All right. Thank you for listening. My name's Alicia. My name's Anna. And this is popping, popping perfectionism. perfectionism.